The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And folks here on Big Blue Views YouTube channel and audio lineup, I am Joe DeLeon here with Chris Flum giving you a post-game reaction to the Giants' third victory of the season against a very strong Las Vegas Raiders team. 23-16 to is the final score as the Giants pull out what was, uh, I think the best way to describe it, Chris, is a fantastic defensive performance, one in which the defense single-handedly won them the game. And Chris, I'm going to go as far as to say this. And anybody can feel free to, to, to say that I'm overreacting. But Xavier McKinney won them this football game. He had two very important interceptions, and one of them was a touchdown. Yeah, I, really, McKinney's play was the difference in this game. That Those seven points from his touchdown were the difference because the Raiders and the Giants scored the exact same number of offensive points at 16 apiece. Uh, the Giants' offense really just was not a factor in this game i mean daniel jones only threw for 110 yards the giants had 96 total passing yards uh no receiver had more than 38 yards that was evan ingram and 30 of those came on one play yeah i don't know if anybody really expected this game to be a defensive slugfest the way it was but that's what we got yeah, it ended up turning into that, and I almost would go as far to say is that it was a defensive um, performance for the ages by the Giants' defense and then just ineptitude offensively for the Giants that made the Raiders' defense uh, look like they had a really good... They did have a really good performance, but again, as we know, the Giants' offense just consistently struggles to, to really produce anything in any situation where they need to score points. I want to keep talking about this defense, though, Chris, before we hit on some of these other notes. You uh, you know, indicated here in our notes the, the performance that we got from Quincy Roche, the rookie that was not even a draft pick but was picked up off of another team after he was cut. He got the sack fumble. I believe that was him at the end of the game that had the sack fumble. Yes, it was. And, you know, I, I wrote about this after the game. I have no idea what the Pittsburgh Steelers were thinking when they cut Roche. You know, he was a guy we both liked. We both thought the Giants would do well to draft him. And you know, if I remember right, we both thought he would be a good draft pick somewhere in the, on the second day. And yeah. he wound up 
tumbling all the way down to the bottom of the sixth round. He was drafted air after Gary Brightwell, who didn't play this game, or if he did, it was just on special teams. Yeah, the, the for Quincy Roche to be in that position and now he's stepped up in a huge way. That sack fumble that he had was uh, the final defensive piece that they needed to win the ball game for him to take that ball away. It was uh, it was the, the the one play that they needed to completely end things. But we, we see from across this game, um, they did just enough that they needed to to get things done offensively. And I point to the success that they had running the ball. And you have to applaud what Devontae Booker was able to do. 21 rushes. For 99 yards. He put on a really, really good performance. You have Eli Penny, who, with the limited carries that he had, he had some really good rushing plays. The run game was much more available today, and they were more willing to lean on it than in the past. Only 20 rushing attempts, or passing attempts, rather, from Daniel Jones. This was a very odd offensive day, and We've seen a lack of output, but I don't think we've seen one like this where it's just all running the football and not even really relying on the passing game. Yeah, I think the Giants came in with the plan of trying to attack the Raiders' run defense, which was something we hit on in our preview. The Raiders' run defense just is not good, and they were able to get away with it for most of the season. But that was because their offense was picking up the slack. You know, they were scoring points, driving down and getting touchdowns. It, with them having to settle for field goals so many times, you know, they attempted four field goals. I, I'll let you talk about the one they missed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, the one that they do miss, you know, you don't want to end up in a situation like that. And, uh, I, for me, rather, I'm a little bit more hung up on Chris here is the uh, uh, yet again, this, the, the circumstance of getting the ball back and in, in, in off of really good defensive plays and then driving the length of the field, putting yourself into um, spots to score. And it's just consistently field goal, field goal, field goal. I don't know at what point that we're not going to get coherent red zone play calling. It's just they're they're moving the ball. They're starting to move the ball. It's just an inability to finish and it's the same mistakes they make in terms of the play calling. Yeah, it really was kind of a mirrored image between the two offenses because the Raiders ran the ball well as well. Uh, both Josh Jacobs, who we know is a good running back, and Kenyon Drake both had big runs against the Giants, but uh, double digit runs, uh, double digit yard runs against the Giants. And, you know, th- there were some pretty big holes in the Giants run defense, which I think that's something they definitely want to address going into their bye week. But it's kind of funny how the neither team got a whole lot done through the air. Neither team really scored points. They kept having to settle for field goals after their opening drive touchdowns. And just to go back to your first point, it really was Xavier McKinney and that big pick six he made you know, doing a great job of reading Derek Carr, Derek Carr doing a bad job of throwing into traffic. And really that was it. You know, the, the giants red zone defense and Xavier McKinney won this game. Like I, by my count, the Raiders left about 19 points on the field. Ugh. They, they converted three field goals, attempted four and they were they were basically knocking on the door to the end zone six times. Yeah, that is a thing that just never happens in the modern NFL. 
So I, I had a bit of an observation during the entirety of the game watching this Giants defense. And I noticed that what the approach for Patrick Graham was, was basically allowing everything within like a five to seven yard window to be available for, uh, for Derek Carr. A lot of dump offs were thrown. A lot of short passes were thrown. And he was basically trying to bait Derek Carr to throw some deep balls. And we saw a lot of that where they would move the ball down the field. They were, they were driving. They were driving because everything that was down the field was not available and open. There was this huge gap of like no man's land on a lot of these plays. And then he was dumping it off to, to, to running backs. It almost felt like the entire time just trying to get the ball out because everything else was closed down. And it almost seemed like Derek Carr was getting frustrated with that happening. And then he was trying to force the ball into some sketchy situations. There were some other instances that the ball wasn't picked, but it was thrown into some seriously heavy traffic that could have led to maybe a tipped pass or something along those lines. But those two interceptions that Xavier McKinney had was just a result of him trying to get a, maybe a little too aggressive. The first one, not so much because it was thrown towards the sideline, but him trying to do a little bit too much because he was frustrated by only really picking up these short chunk plays. And that is what led to those mistakes that, that put them in the position to win this football game. Yeah, I, I think that is a big part of it. And also, I think the fact that Derek Carr was just not on the same page with Darren Waller. I think that led to frustration as well, because there were at least two instances where uh, the first one Carr just overthrew Darren Waller. He was wide open in the end zone. He had James Bradbury beat badly. And if Carr had thrown a better pass, if he had basically put a little bit more touch on the ball and had it land in the end zone as opposed to throwing it out the back of the end zone, that would have been a touchdown. And then there was another one where Waller was running free through the end zone and Carr just never saw him. Yeah, I believe he that was one of those plays where he attempted a check down and didn't notice until later, you know, after the play that Waller was open through the end zone and he had, oh no, that, that was when he uh, scrambled. And mm -hmm. If he had only been able to see Waller running open, it probably would have been another touchdown opportunity. So those two plays, again, you can you can see how you know missing that hookup and having to settle for field goals or attempt field goals and leaving fourteen points or rather nine points on the field that can get so frustrating for a quarterback who is playing as well as Derek Carr has been playing. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 
Com. So the, the last thing I just want to hit on here, Chris, and I'm a bit torn on the angle that I want to take when talking about the offensive line's performance because they did a good job against the run. But if you look at their statistics and pass protection, they allowed six quarterback hits. They allowed three sacks. That statistically is not a very good day. We saw a, a number of plays where it felt like Daniel Jones was heavily rushed. They were pressuring him a bit. They were very, very pressed up the entirety of this game. And I want to go back to and watch the film and maybe get a glimpse of what that defensive approach was. But they were really hovering around the line of scrimmage. They were really trying to get up in Daniel Jones' face and not allow him to do what he normally does, which is hit those short underneath routes and then also allow him to scramble. They wanted him to make mistakes. But if you look at those numbers... Three sacks, six quarterback hits against a really good pass rush. That's not that bad, but still, it is it is not a good performance. And I would argue that's probably a big reason why they shifted their focus to saying, let's just keep running the football. Let's see what results that we can produce with that. And then uh, if we can maybe get some pass plays going, we'll do that. But we don't want to rely on them uh, in, in this game. Yeah, I think the offensive line is an issue and it will be an issue just for the rest of the season, because the Giants aren't really going to get any breaks in the defensive fronts they face from here on out. I mean, right after their bye week, they have to go up against the Buccaneers, and you know they've got one of the best defensive fronts in the whole NFL. So I think it was kind of an expected result where you know, against Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby and Solomon Thomas and Carl Nassib, the pass protection was spotty at best. I mean, they were... You know, Three sacks, six six hits. That's basically nine pressures on what was it? Twenty total passes. So that mm-hmm. that is not good. <laughs> no, and that's that's also not counting the, I guess, sack the Raiders got on Kadarius Tony as well. Mm, that's a good point. Which also, can we put the trick plays back at the end of the playbook? That. I, the one time it worked seemed to seem that seems to have given uh, Jason Garrett a bit too much confidence in them because the Raiders saw those coming all the way. So th- let's just just had to fit that in there. But also to circle back to the offensive line, yeah, mm-hmm. the the Giants had success on the ground, but the Raiders have been giving up yards on the ground. You know they were they have been bottom third in run defense. And I think the fact that it that the Raiders themselves were not able to put points on the board, that allowed the Giants to lean into their running game and not have to air the ball out. Yeah, I think really offensive production is, at least in the Raiders' case, their best run defense, and that just didn't materialize for them. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. This might be the only game that I can think of this season where except maybe the Panthers game where they had somewhat of a lead or were within striking distance to the point where they didn't need to just rush and constantly throw the ball. Um, So it definitely is odd to see that they are able to do that effectively and, and that they were able to build up, not not build a lead from running the ball, but maintain the lead from running the ball and, and produce and take time off the clock by doing that stuff. But Chris, the one thing though that I also noticed, and I, and I kind of led into this when I, on the final point, you saw a lot in this game where they were super, super pressed towards line, line of scrimmage. They were doing almost the complete opposite of what 
the Giants were doing defensively, where they were trying to take everything away that was within a five-yard distance, and they they assumed that the pass rush would hit and they wouldn't be able to complete anything further than that five-yard window. I just don't understand why they, there wasn't more of a willingness to maybe take some shots if they were doing that. I want to see if, uh, you know, from like a, a bit wider angle, how much coverage they were providing over the top, but it didn't really look like there was that much. It, it looked like they were basically baiting them to do it, and they were trying to shut down those short passing plays, and we still kept seeing those two-yard drag routes to tight ends uh, despite this being the defensive strategy. Yeah, I think part of it really was just concern over the pass rush because you know, even when Jones wasn't getting hit, the offensive tackles were getting pushed back to him. You know, the Raiders were getting a lot of pressure. And also, I think the Giants, especially since the Rams game, have been doing their best to simplify the passing offense for Daniel Jones. Like they take shots. You know, we saw that 30 yard shot to Evan Ingram, but that was basically the longest play of the game for the giants. Yeah. They were Jones averaged five and a half yards per passing attempt. He only averaged three and a third air yards per completion. And his average pass was almost five yards behind this first down markers. Giants really are. And they did this, against the Panthers as well, where they're just not pushing the ball down the field. They're really using their passing game as an extension of the running game and trying to play ball control offense that way. It's really very safe, but it doesn't give them a whole lot of opportunities to score or finish drives in points. Yeah, and it, it, we'll have some time to take a look at the tape and, and we'll do our typical film breakdown show. So folks, stay tuned for that. We'll be coming at you with that content uh, early on on Tuesday like we typically do. And then we'll probably have some time to look back and reflect on the, the season so far because we have the bye week coming up. Uh, and then as we mentioned, the next game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thank you folks for tuning in to watch this post-game conversation. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all of our other fantastic content. Talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today